Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. I have no guest today. Here's what you must know about me to get maximum value from this conversation. I learned how to help people solve their own problem in one conversation in graduate school by studying and practicing constructivism epistemology. Because I was in a leadership position, I apply what I learned to affect change as a leader through brief interactions. I've invested 20,000 hours building this skill and developing training curriculum to help benevolent leaders learn how to do this with minimal investment of time and effort. My expertise is in helping benevolent leaders solve their employee engagement problem by learning multiple ways to affect change that elevates both engagement and performance through brief interactions. Leaders who resonate with my message change their perception of themselves and their own situation, which results in immediate change in their own behavior. By changing their own behavior, they change their interactions with people they lead, which changes employees' response. When employees role model their leaders' benevolent actions, they transform their work culture to one that fosters high performance. To replicate what I do with guests, I'll be asking myself questions. To make it easier for you to track which hat I'm wearing, I will always say, Keith, before I ask myself a question. Keith, how can a leader affect positive change in one brief interaction? I teach 15 ways to do this. I will focus on four today. The four I will focus on are one, expressing gratitude. Two, giving positive feedback. Three, giving constructive feedback. And four, sharing relevant, inspiring stories. Keith, tell us more about expressing gratitude. You must know that a researcher whose guidance I trust states that high performers intentionally generate joy and gratitude to elevate their own performance. To effectively express your gratitude for an employee, you must sincerely feel grateful for them. You can generate and accentuate your feeling of gratitude by intending for them to feel your gratitude in the way you express it. You first elevate your own engagement and performance by feeling gratitude. By effectively expressing your gratitude for them, you evoke joy within them and gratitude for you. Each time you succeed, you generate joy within yourself. You create the potential for a twofer for them and for you each time you both experience gratitude and joy. 
Keith, can you dive deeper into what happens? To generate and accentuate your gratitude for someone you lead, you change your perception and you shift your focus from self to others. You eradicate fear by shifting your focus. To avoid joy and gratitude within them, they change their perception of themselves, their situation, and you in a way that elevates their engagement and performance. Keith, how long will employees change in their perception and behavior last? It may or may not last for a long time. This is why my focus is on changing benevolent leaders' perception and action at a higher level. We'll talk more about levels of change later. Keith, do you have a story you can share that illustrates the effect of expressing gratitude? When I work with benevolent leaders, I give them a daily call to action to apply what they learn in this training module to someone they lead in two to five minutes each day. In other words, I ask them to express their gratitude to one person each workday. And I ask them to do this for two weeks. I then ask them two questions in one week. Number one, did you take consistent daily action? And number two, have you experienced any noteworthy expected and unexpected benefits from taking this benevolent action? I was leading a training with this leader and it was happened to be the week of Thanksgiving. We talked briefly about feeling and accentuate your feeling gratitude for people he loves. He joked at the time that his wife would not appreciate him for measuring how much his expression of gratitude impacted her performance. Then, when he shared with me at the end of one week, he shared that he's expressed his gratitude for his wife, daughter, and son-in-law, and actually Barbara over Thanksgiving. When I asked him about the benefits he's noticed, he mentioned he's gotten smiles from people. Then he shared he received his first nice text from his barber, who he's been going to for 30 years with no previous contact outside of the barber's chair. Even though I've never specifically asked a benevolent leader to apply what they learn with someone they love, I've found that pretty consistently, benevolent leaders choose to take this benevolent action. This leader stood out by taking this benevolent action after his introductory session. Keith, what guidance do you have for giving someone you lead positive feedback? First, you must be sincere. The more specific your positive feedback is, the more effective it will be. Generate and accentuate your feeling of gratitude for them as you give them positive feedback. Do this to elevate your own engagement and performance. Please know I rely upon heuristic inquiry for my own research, which is, means I immerse myself in my own research. When effectively given and accepted, you will evoke joy within them and gratitude within them for you. Each time you evoke joy within them as a benevolent leader, you will also generate joy within yourself. Again, you create the potential for a twofer for them and for you each time you give someone sincere positive feedback 
and both of you experience gratitude and joy. Keith, do you have a story that illustrates the effect of giving someone sincere positive feedback? This story is from my Rotary Club. Rotary is filled with benevolent leaders who put service above self. Even among Rotarians, this benevolent leader stood out. He donated 300 hours of his time each year for 18 consecutive years to develop leadership skills in high school students in a fundraiser dance marathon to support Turning Point, a domestic violence shelter, while educating students about dating violence intermittently throughout the dance marathon. This Rotarian's name is Ian Cohen. Rotary provides the opportunity for members each week to donate a happy buck to share something they're happy about with the group. I utilize one of mine to give positive feedback publicly to Ian for being such an extraordinary role model, developing leadership skills in high school student volunteers. When you give positive feedback to someone in a public way, you elevate the impact of your feedback. Keith, how is this story relevant to leadership? I love answering this question. When you look at leadership in a traditional way, from power, authority, and control, then nothing. Ian is a well-respected past president of our club, while I am still a relative new member. Leadership expert John Maxwell says leadership is influence. When you look at leadership as influence, then the question becomes how my sincere positive feedback given publicly influence both Ian and our Rotary colleagues. This is why you want to be attentive to both their nonverbal and verbal response. When you give positive feedback to someone in a public way, you elevate the impact of your feedback upon the person who receives it you also influence how others perceive the person you acknowledge. I've seized many opportunities to donate an happy buck to commend a fellow Rotarian for putting service above self. Each time they accept my feedback, I generate joy within myself. Here's another tip. Put in many repetitions doing this privately before doing this publicly. People who report to you will feel joy within themselves and gratitude within them for you by accepting your specific, sincere, positive feedback. This is not a one-and-done endeavor. I would love to have even more opportunities to express my sincere, positive feedback to a fellow Rotarian. Everyone involved wins each time a Rotarian puts service above self. I invite you to think for a moment about the impact this has upon a Rotarian's company. Keith, how can a leader give constructive feedback to an employee in a way that affects change that elevates their engagement and performance? As a leader, you must first be clear in your own mind the outcome you intend to achieve by giving an employee constructive feedback. First, ensure your follow company policy in addressing this issue. It is useful to assume that this employee is interested in and capable of responding to constructive feedback in a way that elevates their engagement and performance. 
use the word helpful instead of constructive to reduce the risk that a past negative experience receiving constructive feedback hinders your success. If they report to you, then check to ensure now is a good time to give them helpful feedback. Respect their response. In giving them helpful feedback, be the person with the stronger conviction because the person with the stronger conviction will influence the other person. Then follow up the next workday to see where they are at after having had the opportunity to reflect on your feedback. Keith, can you share a story about how a leader gave a direct report constructive feedback effectively? I was working with a leader who led a team. He participated in my three-module Feedback to Elevate Employee Engagement course. In the second module, he acquired useful knowledge to apply to build this skill, giving an employee constructive feedback in a way that elevates their engagement and performance. He received a two-week daily call to action to apply what he learned to build this leadership skill in two to five minutes each workday. He gave constructive feedback to a direct report one day then he gave them time to think about it and followed up the next day. He said, quote, but the piece of feedback that I really took out of our last session was letting them kind of end that conversation and go into that reflection mode and then coming back to them a day later to check in was really beneficial because it allowed us to have a productive conversation about going forward. They reflected on what feedback I'd given them, and then we were able to put together a plan on how to really move forward and take that feedback and really capitalize on it. And that was something I had never done before. That was wonderful." End quote. Leaders walk away with the idea or ideas that are most valuable to them. What generates the greatest joy within me is the stories they share about how they applied the ideas they learned and effectively built their skill, giving constructive feedback in a way that elevates employee engagement and performance. Keith, what tips can you tell us about storytelling? The first tip I can tell you is to never stop building your storytelling skill. If you keep your mind open, you can continuously build this skill. Another tip is that storytelling provides a means to engage your audience and stimulate their interest in learning more. Keep your listener in mind and the lesson you want them to learn from your story. Limit the information you share to what is relevant to that lesson. For example, when I shared a story with a corporate leader about a skilled electrician I'd worked with, that leader did not need to know any details about why I worked with someone who was not a leader. Here are a few relevant tips that I learned in Toastmasters. The first three are tips about public speaking. They are also relevant to storytelling. The last two tips are specifically for storytelling. Utilize voice modulation when you deliver a message. Be comfortable with pauses. Avoid filler words. Let them feel your emotions as you tell your story. Bring them into the scene to share your experience. Visit your local Toastmasters Club for a first-hand experience 
of skilled Toastmasters in action. Keith, I want to remind you that you want to talk about levels of change. Would now be a good time to talk about these different levels. Thanks. Now is the perfect time. People talk about change as if there is only one level you can affect change. You can call this level one change the forming of a new habit or the breaking of an old habit. When people talk about change, you probably heard people say, change is hard. People don't like change. People resist change. People fail at affecting change. All these statements are true when you look at change from this one level. Think New Year's resolutions. Who do you know who made a New Year's resolution this year and has already given up on it? Who do you know who doesn't even make New Year's resolutions anymore because they failed so many times in the past? They think, why bother? I know I'm not going to keep it. It may surprise you that according to one source, less than 8% of people actually stick to their New Year's resolutions each year. Yet you know people who have positive habits. Perhaps you do. You may know a runner who runs five times each week in spite of the weather. You may know someone who only eats health food. Put my favorite peanut butter cookies in front of them and they simply push it away and say, no, thank you. I only eat health food. That's not what I do with peanut butter cookies. Once a positive habit is formed, it's much easier to sustain it. Level two change can happen just like that. Level two change is behavioral change that results from perceiving differently. A change in perception can spark an immediate change in behavior. Level three change is where I play and where my passion is to help benevolent leaders learn to play. It involves owning that you can perceive people and situations in multiple ways that more or less fit reality. It involves changing your selection criteria as to which perception you choose. If you're like me, then you've always perceived people and situations in multiple ways. And the criteria you've always used at least that I always used, was accuracy. Which perception was the most accurate? You can readily substitute useful. Which perception still more or less fits reality and is the most useful? Keith, what else does your work entail? My work involves adopting constructivism epistemology as a disciplined practice. Constructivism is a theory that reality cannot be known with certainty. All that can be known with certainty is what reality is not. A theory then cannot be proven, only disproven. It's like applying the mindset of a true scientist and adopting it outside of the field of science. My niche is applying the discipline practice of constructivist thinking to help leaders solve and employee engagement problem through brief interactions. Benevolent leaders who work with me for an extended period of time learn to change their selection criteria for both knowledge and perception from accuracy to usefulness. If you choose to change your selection criteria to usefulness, then you can conduct an heuristic inquiry, immerse yourself in your own research to assess how this impacts your creativity.
Keith, how can someone stay connected with you? My company's website is listed as the website for this episode. To connect with me on LinkedIn, this link will take you there in my show notes. My email address is keith at level3bydesign.com. This again is in my show notes. My cell phone number is 812-343-2697. You are welcome to contact me in any one of these ways. I can promise you I will respond within 24 hours of receiving your contact. Keith, how can someone learn more from you? The first step is to schedule a 30-minute Zoom chat to get to know a little bit about one another, for me to answer any questions you have and learn a, a little bit about your work. Keith, do you have a benevolent call to action you invite listeners to take? I invite you to reach out to one person within 24 hours, excluding weekends. Feel gratitude for them as you give them specific, sincere, positive feedback. Assess the extent to which you evoke joy within them and gratitude within them for you. Notice whether impacting them brings joy to you. Be attentive as to how the results of taking this benevolent action impacts your engagement and productivity. Log any significant observations in a personal journal. I want to personally acknowledge you for accepting and following through with this benevolent call to action. It is only through following through that you can build this skill. You and people you lead will not experience any expected or unexpected benefits unless you take action. I want to thank you so much for joining us for this conversation on Embers and Wind. We look forward to having you join us again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.